to the Delta Flyers of Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are myself, Garrett Wong, and of course, my co-host, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil. Hello, hey, sir. Hello, sir. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. We both have, like, space stuff behind. Like, we both have sort of nebulas or star clusters or some sort of it's we it's, do yeah it's kind of dreamy it's spacey it's dreamy back there it's a dreamy yeah. background we didn't choose the uh voyager behind us like sometimes no, we, we went do, with something right? that was deep and mysterious and mm -hmm. magical mm -hmm. because it's the start of a new season yes right i can't believe that it's unbelievable it's, we've it's, actually made it season four season My gosh. four that's crazy it is crazy wow well Typically, we kind of just schmooze and talk about what's going on in our life, but I kind of wanted to start this out by reading an email from one of our listeners of our podcast, the Delta Flyers, that yeah. this email completely moved me when I read it, and <clears throat> I'm going to apologize in advance if I kind of lose it a little bit from reading this again, so if it happens, so be it, but I think this is something that everyone should hear, so everyone knows the importance of of what this podcast is, how this podcast has helped people, you know, um, it's, and specifically this one listener. Yeah. So let me just start this up. Um, here we go. <clears throat> he says, Hey guys, I think I had just found your podcast about two weeks before I got sick. It was early April or March. I had always wanted sort of a director's narrative of Star Trek episodes, but more of an actor's point of view. Well, with you guys, I had both. I listened to a couple of episodes, but got too busy and didn't follow on. On April 13th, I was hospitalized due to COVID-19 here in my native country of Honduras in Central America, actually in the capital city of Tegucigalpa. I stayed there for eight days, and while it was scary, my severity never went past what they call moderate. I had to use a nasal cannula for supplementary oxygen during seven of those eight days. The first two days were a blur of exhaustion and commotion due to other very sick patients in the COVID ward I was in. Mm. We were eight to 12 guys in there. Numbers varied during the day as some left, but at night it was full again. Anyways, besides the effects of the illness, one of the things that makes people really suffer there is just the boredom. There's no TV, no radio, no music, no books. We were on the eighth floor and the windows don't have a view to anything unless you walk up close. Most of us couldn't stay standing for very long without the oxygen tether. Mm. If you're on oxygen, it means that you can barely walk to the bathroom and it feels like you have run around the block. So even reading a book can make you a bit tired. I had heard about it, but never experienced it myself until I was there. I was sort of rushed in and at some point, they must have forgot to ask me for my cell phone and my portable battery charger and iPod. Anyways, I was able to keep those for most of my stay. I don't know why they take them away, but they do. Some sort of hospital policy there that probably has reasons, but I don't know them. Thus, the complete isolation and boredom. I was fortunate that I kept them and someone in the bed next to mine actually had to tell me to hide my phone since I didn't know it was not allowed. During that eight-day stay, I listened to your podcasts every day. Actually, I listened to about three or four of your podcasts every day. One after having blood samples taken, eating breakfast, and getting the morning checkup with the doctors. Then I would listen to another during the long afternoon 
time between lunch, the afternoon doctor rounds, and dinner. Finally, I listened to two more after dinner. Usually the last one was around 10 p.m. since it felt like 3 a.m. already. Did I say it was really boring in there? Sometimes I dozed off to your podcast, but it wasn't because it was boring. It was just because it was relaxing enough that I could forget about the back and joint pain and actually sleep. Mm. Oh, and we had to sleep face down to help the lungs breathe easier and expand if they were able to. Anyways, between the moments of terror, watching other patients get really ill and taken downstairs to the ICU and thinking how sick I would get and the boredom of the rest of the day, I knew I needed something, something to take my mind outside that hospital. I take anti-anxiety medication and I know the effects of panic attacks and having just a small nasal cannula in your nostrils 24 seven can be enough to trigger one. I always prayed not to have to use an oxygen mask, low or high flow. Those things are torture. It is sad that I know of at least three COVID patients that died because they were stable, but had a panic attack, took off their oxygen oxygen and started fighting with the medical staff until the exhaustion caused them to have a heart attack and they could not recover. So it was really important to keep calm. I didn't know that those COVID panic attacks were so common until about a month later when I talked to someone about how I used your podcast to mentally leave the hospital. So listening to your podcast helped hugely, more than you and I knew at the time. I had already watched Star Trek Voyager some years before when I decided to watch all of the Star Trek series and movies. I did it. Took me several years, but I did. Now I'm starting again. But when I was in that hospital, I played your podcast, put my AirPods on, and none was the wiser that I was taking my mind out of that hospital and into space. Actually, I felt as if I was taking it more into your living room as you guys talked about the episodes. I would listen to you and remember the episode and even some parts that I didn't, I know a lot of the lore that I could follow the story and get it and enjoy it. You really helped me pass the time. And it was such a great help to keep me mentally sane. I dozed off to a couple of your episodes, but when I noticed that I would listen to them fully the next day. I enjoyed your self-criticism of each episode, the haikus and the limericks, the lessons, etc. Even when they found my cell phone, I had already thought about that possibility and had downloaded a bunch of the episodes onto my iPod. Okay, it is an older iPhone with no SIM card, so I was still able to listen to you guys for a couple of days more until I was discharged. Even when I came home, I was still too weak to do much for about a whole month afterwards. I still listened to your podcast daily, usually twice a day, and started watching Voyager episodes on Netflix and listened to your podcast afterwards. My recovery from the COVID-induced pneumonia was slow, but you guys were there with me all the time, helping me mentally. I remember that James Doohan mentioned that someone else also used Star Trek episodes to mentally get out of that hospital during his or her stay. Now, I understand that a whole lot better. Today, I have just listened to Rise, and I enjoyed your guests, Ethan and Tim. Excellent podcast. Now, I actually wait for your podcast before watching an episode. Anyways, this is too long already. Garrett and Robert, once again, thank you for an excellent show. Thank you for helping me. Angel Castillo. Oh, my God. Okay, I didn't cry this time, but I cried the first two times that I read it. I was sitting there going, oh, my God, because that's this is something that you don't hear about. COVID patients pulling their breathing apparatuses out of their, you know, off of their having face because they're having attacks. a panic attack. Yeah. And then they're fighting the hospital staff until they have a heart attack and die. Yeah. It's what? horrible. It's horrible. 
and he, you know, and he had, he was, he's prone to having panic attacks, but yeah. our podcast kept him calm. Uh, thank you so much to, to Angel Castillo for sending that um, email to us and, and just, and letting us know what you've been yeah. doing. Well, that's very vulnerable for him to share such a personal story like that. And, and the fact that uh, the podcast somehow gave him some comfort and some sense of normalcy and oh, yeah. all of that. That's really, um, that's really wonderful. Yeah. And, that's huge. Uh, and I feel like, I feel like uh, we've heard that a lot with people since this started, you know, we started this during COVID just as COVID started, uh, started to, everybody got locked down. And, and we've heard that from day one, that people are like, yeah. this has really been a comfort, you know, that a lot of people couldn't go to conventions or, just, I, you know, the, the comfort they get from the Star Trek episodes, and this was just an extension of that and a sense of connection, really being able to connect, um, you know, the people that listen to, to our audio podcast that goes out for free on all those platforms, but also our Patreon patrons who really get involved in, in uh, you know, helping to sustain and create this podcast with us and, and uh the community and the family that that's created, I think has been a real comfort to people too. So I, I agree. I think we've had many, many um, email correspondences and other in Twitter, you know, social media comments where people have said, thank you so much. We've looked forward to this every Monday. This has really been a godsend in helping us get out of this craziness of being locked down. Honestly, uh, and I've said this before, it's been a comfort for me to be able to do the podcast and to be able to sort of take another look at, at what we did and find a whole new appreciation of, of what those seven years of making episodes of Star Trek Voyager meant to me and what that experience was like and, mm -hmm. and to really, you know, re-appreciate it and re-experience it and reconnect with our fellow actors and the writers and producers and ADs and cameramen like we've yeah, and our stunt coordinators and like the list goes on it's been a yeah. real comfort for me so i i can relate to uh to what everybody is is shared and expressed with us and i and i really appreciate that yeah okay awesome well uh all let's right move on, on to <laughs> the entertainment yeah it's time for the show okay man all let's right so this. here we all are right. season four season four Part two, Scorpion. Scorpion so, uh, part two. Yeah. Will Harry Kim survive after being mm -hmm. hit by Species 8472 lying on that bio bed? Will he survive? We don't know. We'll see. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> All right, let's go watch All right, it. let's go watch. Yes. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Rob and I are back from watching Scorpion part two. Part two. Oh, my God. That was so exciting. It was very exciting. Yikes. Oh my goodness. So many well, first, things to talk about. Yeah, yes, go ahead. Let me, just, let me just begin by saying, obviously this is still written by Braga and Minoski. This is, this is the second part of it, but we now have Rick Colby directing this. And I, you know, typically I've always felt like, well, why don't they have the same director direct part one and two? But in our television episodic um, world, mm -hmm. we always had one director prepping while the other director was directing. So yeah. that's kind of the, you know, the pattern. So they never really were able to have the same director for part one and two, right? Yeah. So there's a little bit of a different tone 
yeah. to this compared to the first one um, in terms of directorially speaking. Um, oh, yeah, pacing, for sure. For and sure. because it's another director, you know, yeah. so that's that's one of the things that's that can have a little bit of inconsistency, but still it adds a little, you know, spice to life, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's okay. I love Rick Colby. I think he's a he was a super talented director, but this is not my favorite episode of his directing style. I've got to say. Interesting. Okay. I, th I thought it was, as you say, very different than part one, mm -hmm. um, directorially, but. Which I, was directed by Livingston. Just yeah, to by refresh Livingston. everyone's memory. Yeah. And it's funny. I don't think, I didn't think that that was David Livingston's best episode either. I don't know what it is. I don't know mm. if, if there was a lot of outside pressure that they were, um, you know, trying to because I think there was a lot of attention on this episode, these two parts. Well, yeah, and scrambling Huge. to get Seven of Nine ready, you know, all the makeup yeah. and everything that they, you know, everything was very last minute. Well, it's right? funny so because when, when you and I were talking about what do we remember, and I said, I remember they were bringing Jerry out to do these camera tests on the bridge and she was in her, her skin suit and the, they were trying different eye makeups, bigger, mm -hmm. smaller, different hairdos. And so we were, we were, there was a lot of time spent on that. I thought that was for this episode, but she's never in the dermal regenerative suit. She's only in she's full not. Borg in this yeah. episode. So I think That's what right. was happening is while we were filming this part, because they knew what the Borg looked like. I mean, she had a custom Borg outfit, of course, but it was in the world of Borg stuff, you know. By the way, they, I, I did notice one shot I'll talk about later on. Mm -hmm. where it's like the shot starts on her butt like she bumps <laughs> she bumps somebody and you can see the way that bob blackman designed seven's board you know full board look and yeah. it had like cutouts around the butt cheeks i was just like <laughs> oh my god even in the borg costume they're like they're like you know playing with this whole like sexy and there's a shot of her butt because she she bumps somebody out of the way but I was just like, so, oh man. When really? you're talking about cutouts, are you talking about like she's got board chaps on? Yeah, it almost of? looked like okay. board chaps with like her <laughs> butt hanging out or something. I mean, it was all costumed. But I was like, okay. oh my God, I can't believe already. Like they're going full on with the yeah. sexy Borg and the shots of the butt. And like, yeah. it's so, uh, they would never do that with, with Janeway or you yeah. or me. They'd never no. show our butt. You know what I mean? So no. I don't know. It wasn't my favorite Rick Colby. You're talking about directing. It wasn't my favorite. Yeah. And I, I don't know exactly why. There were some wonderful moments. There was one shot I'll talk about later well, where, the, yeah. where the collective are talking and one shot that I thought, oh, how cool. It was very simple, but it was mm -hmm. elegant and dynamic and told the story in a really cool way. Yeah, Rick is always really good with that sort of thing. But in this one, I felt like, I felt like he was feeling the pressure of other things, I guess. Okay. All right. So let's just start as we normally do. And yes. this time we are back to the way it was in the beginning, which is <laughs> I am haikuing. I am haikuing it and you are limericking it. Yes. Limericking it? Okay. I'm limericking it. Limericking it. Okay. Ready. It's almost let's, like pad da da da. Okay. It is. All right. Let's hear this, this haiku. Okay. Here right. we go. Here's my haiku for Scorpion, part two. Janeway strikes a deal. Seven makes her screen debut. Nanoprobes save us. There you go. 
I'm back. There nice, nice, very uh, nice. Nice to have you. you back in the thank you back in the saddle of the haiku. Thank you so much. Let's well, here hear we go limerick. with the limerick. So, yeah. as you have talked about, limericks are not easy. So it might take me a little while to get back in the game. But here we go. An alliance with the Borg is the Janeway plan. Seven of nine could use a good tan. The enemy is talking to Kess. Everything looks like a mess. Seven's link now severed. Her new life began. He's back. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> nice. Right. It like is it. tricky, though. I was, I was struggling tricky. with that one. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. But good job, though. You're, you know, yeah. you're back. You're riding the bicycle once again. So well, seven of go. nine is pasty as heck. I mean, she <laughs> I needs love to that. like. She needs a tan. <laughs> yeah, seven of nine could use a good tan. She needs to get out of that board. Now, I need to ask matrix. you, Yo. how much of this limerick was you and how much of this was RJ? Come on. I will, I will never, beans. I will never <laughs> disclose. Okay, fine. The teamwork that goes on. All right. All right. Let's, let's go. Um, let, let's start off with the teaser, the beginning shot. Yes. Uh, Janeway has made this deal basically with the Borg um, and she tells Chakotay, stop trying to transport me back over, all right? I've figured this out. Um, the cube is now heading back towards the Alpha Quadrant. We're yeah. gonna work on figuring out how to defeat 8472. I will stay on board the cube because they have a little bit more advanced technology that I can that will help me work mm -hmm. towards this goal. Yeah, they're gonna work on the weapon and the deal, just to recap, the deal was, Let's form a Borg Voyager Alliance. And Janeway says, we have this kind of um, nanoprobe technology thing that we've figured out that will defeat these guys, but we're not going to give it to you right. until you uh, escort us all the way through Borg space Correct. and promise that the Borg are not going to attack us. So that's the deal they that's made. Cool. And when, yep. when Janeway appears on screen, by the way, you know, just so people know, uh, when we're filming those bridge scenes, we never see anybody on the view screen. There is nothing there. There's a, there's a set piece. But so, you know, when Chakotay is having that emotional, you know, he's very skeptical and all that, he's just acting with like a piece of tape on a stand. That's right. Like he's looking at a piece of tape and then mm -hmm. Janeway, uh, for her part of that conversation, films it against a green screen, just like, I'm doing right now for this Zoom thing. Like literally, yeah. She sat in front of a green screen and looked yeah. at a piece of tape. Yeah. Same thing. Well, uh, Probably two pieces of tape, right? Two pieces. Yeah, they would make an X. X. An X. Yeah. Yes. It, usually mm -hmm. a green or an orange, something bright that you could see yeah. on the dark stage. Yeah, I just it, it just occurred to me as I was watching that. I was like, that's that's how they uh, you know, how we did all of those conversations. And so mm -hmm. a lot of times you'd never hear the other actor, the other side of it. You wouldn't hear if they were emotional or if they were, you know, like Kate Mulgrew didn't hear Robert Beltran's side of that conversation when she That's sat right. in front of a green screen. She just That's right. They just read uh, our, our script supervisor, Cosmo mm -hmm. Genovese, would just read it from off camera without a lot of emotion usually, very mm -hmm. neutral. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's amazing to me sometimes that those things come together because they're it so is. And this is stuff that you're not taught when you, you know, if you go to ACT or Juilliard or any of these conservatory type of training programs, they don't teach you how to 
act with green screen. You know, yeah. you don't know yeah. that. And we we really was just we were in a baptism by fire. We were thrown into the deep end of the pool as yeah. actors because we have to deal with this, right? Yeah. And and Janeway says, Tuvok, come join me over here. Right. That's right. She says, beam over Tuvok. And yep. Tuvok's like, okay. You know, so he's he, probably yeah. thinking, great, I gotta go to the board cube. Um so now we're in sick bay. Right. Well, before we go to sickbay, the opening oh. credits come up. Oh, yes, yes. The opening credits come up, and for the first time, Jerry Ryan's name is in our opening credits. Yes, yes. And, and also... For the first time, Jennifer Lean's name is not in our opening credits. Yes, where it she, says, also starring yeah. Jennifer Lean, which is in ugh, sick bay. so difficult to see that, really. I know. Uh, Harry's in the bed. And the doctor mm. has reprogrammed what he talked about theoretically in part one. He's yeah. now done it and yeah. they're going to try it. Yep. And He's they replicated, I think the number is nearly 10 million nanoprobes, yeah. right? Yep. To inject Harry. And mm -hmm. so I'm lying on the bio bed and I have, um, once again, the spaghetti with pesto sauce has completely covered my eyes. You can't now, even was see that, but, but it wasn't really on your face. That was a vis effect, right? It was Some of ninety. It was, was ninety-seven percent vis, vis visual effect, and then um, three percent real, real pract practical. Yeah, it was probably the tendril that's coming out of my nose was a yeah. real tendril because I, yeah. I talked about earlier. I saved that tendril, and I and I stuck it on my mirror in my trailer for the rest of this. That's I think the rest funny. of the entire show, I had that tendril. I that's remember cleaning funny. out my trailer at season seven. I go, oh, I guess I'll take the tendril. So the tendril is in an envelope somewhere. That's stacked funny. away in a yeah in a, in a box somewhere. And Bolana makes a joke about that. She does you later. Still got a on, tendril yeah. up your nose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, up your nose. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a good joke. I like that. Um, so it works. Uh, Harry's getting better. He starts to get better. It, yeah. yeah. I thought that yeah, that was an interesting, an interesting visual effect because, you know, it was uh, probably something that Dan Curry hand drew. He, you know, Dan yes, would do a yes. lot of our vis effects, the art, the artistry. If it was a planet background or something, he would do a lot of the art and painting. Yeah, had other artists as well, but but to me that felt like you know we still were not doing a lot of CG, you know, uh, effects. In fact, eight four seven two was a very early version of CG aliens or CG stuff. Mm -hmm. We just mm -hmm. it was not something that Voyager had done much of or Star Trek or it was just not in in the TV budgets at that yeah. point. It was it was that was a movie thing that you might do, but television didn't do it. So yeah. we were starting to do it. So that that stuff on your face, I think, was probably not CG, but hand painted. Mm -hmm. And and then when it starts moving and animated, you know, the animation of it disappearing and mm -hmm. changing, that was probably hand done as well, not, yeah. not computer generated. Yeah. So time intensive yeah. yeah very time um intensive. so now uh yeah. the funny thing a part of this scene is when the chicote when when the i just called him the chicote when the chicote tells the doctor to store all this information about the nanoprobes in his hollow matrix and yes. the doctor says you know don't worry i'll delete myself at the first sign of trouble well maybe not the first sign and he laughs yes. about it but chicote doesn't even no, wound like, up no, he's like, no, that's not even funny. <laughs> I mean, they're looking well, in the in the next scene, Chicote is really on edge and snapping at Bolana. So it, it does track that Chicote would not. It does, it does. He and did I a good job. Was, yeah. It was very funny that that Picardo sort of makes that joke. Not the first sign. <laughs> well, maybe not the first sign. Hmm. Right. And then he sort of and, and I think he deleted himself, didn't he? Like he, he just wanted he was out of there. Computer, 
shutdown program. No, no, no. He didn't. Uh, he didn't shut himself down. He just oh, kind of. He just no, because uh, I think Chicote just walks out of frame, right? Oh, and then okay. it's just the doctor's kind of like, you know, yeah, funny, trying to make a joke and, and uh, it's not funny. It was good. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, we go to the bridge. Yes, and Chicote says, you know, keep a transporter lock on. The captain and Tuvok, just in case something happens, we can beam mm-hmm. them out of there very quickly. Yeah. And Torres is like, "Well, I can try to, but it's not really going to work because they're going to their shields are always yeah. changing." Blah blah blah. And that's when Chicote gets very stern with your your honey bunny, uh, your future honey. Bunny. He snaps and, at my yeah. my future wife. I was not your happy beloved. about that. Yes, yes. My note here is that when you talk on this scene, your voice sounds so young. Did really? You notice that? Yes. No. Yes. I didn't notice that. It's a very young. Robbie McNeil voice. Oh. Yeah. Well, we were first. Christine. It was it was the first episode back. You know, probably. practically virginal. You were practically yes, virginal. Practically virginal. Your voice was very. Can a voice be virginal? I think it can be. I think it can be. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sometimes I think like coming back from a big hiatus, everybody's a little nervous, and this one had a lot of particularly stressful, you know, changes going on. Okay. So. Okay. So maybe there was a All little right. bit of like anxiety in my voice. That's maybe why it sounded young or I don't I don't know. Like, I think I you're know. maybe, but I, I think overall the tone that you don't seem very anxious throughout this episode. Uh-huh. You're pretty calm. You're pretty like you're pretty like, okay, yeah, things are gonna go one way or another. There's a there's a couple of yeah, there's a couple of times where I'm thinking, oh you know the stakes aren't that high for Paris. At least that's what I felt. You know, he was, just, it he been, was a it professional been... doing his job. Yeah. It's funny you, you know. say that because later on, when we're being attacked by eight four seven two and stuff, yeah. and the ship's going all cattywampus, everybody's yelling on the bridge. Yeah, I and made that like, note. No. And it's Paris is yelling. <laughs> he's the only one that's not. He's the only one that's acting like a professional, which I appreciated. The rest of us are yelling, and yeah. Paris is yelling the loudest. Yeah, you. Were, I, was I was yelling. Like, why and I was am like, wow. I yelling so loud? Yeah, you're yelling so it's loud. It's not helping the situation. You know what I think? I think it was because of me. Maybe, maybe I was yelling, and then you were like, maybe I need to yell as loud as Garrett does. Maybe you, you had to one up me, being my big brother on maybe. the show. You're like, oh, I gotta be the loudest yeller there. So maybe. I don't know. All right, now after the bridge, we yeah. jump to sick bay, and Kess sees a vision of 8472 and now her vision is is intense because it it's almost as if 8472 is in sick bay with her which really shocks her and she falls down and she's like they're watching us and the doctor's trying to help her out and yeah. he doesn't know what's happening it was an odd little scene because it pushed in on Jennifer Lean's back for a long mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. and i found that to be you know when when you can't see actors faces or eyes yeah. Um, if you're going to do that, the framing and the shot making needs to be really interesting to me or else it's just you can't linger in those kind of shots too long. And it felt too long to me. Atypical of Colby. You would not expect Colby That's, to do that, a shot exactly, like that. Right. Exactly. Yes. yes. And if we had seen her face and then she turned away and then the camera was chasing her and so, sort of yeah. pushing in slowly. Yeah. But we never saw her face. We just started nope. on her back. Yep. And um, I found that to be strange. I also found it to be strange that when she turns around and sees the alien, mm-hmm. that it seems to attack or lunge at her. Yes. But for what purpose? Because we've, you know, I don't know. I found it very inconsistent. It, it mm-hmm. seems like, oh, we're just trying to scare the audience, but it made no logical sense of what these yeah. guys, these guys were actually listening in on her brain. 
Correct. So, so why would the lunging why would he move happen? Lunge and yeah. attack mm-hmm. like he's yeah. in, and 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 her fall was weird. I just found this whole scene to be a little. I agree. Awkwardly staged, and it didn't track story wise for me. Like these aliens shouldn't be. It would have been different if they. She turned around and it was right there, and it just sort of had a curious head tilt or something. But this mm-hmm. lunging. No. It, yeah. It, it, yeah. And 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 if it lunged at her, it would kill her. Like these guys would just take her out. Right. So like right. if it wants to attack her, they're gonna attack her, and it didn't really attack. It yeah. was just like a well, horror a horror movie jump. Yeah, clearly it was for dramatic effect. They thought, yeah. okay, this lunge is going to make the audience go, oh, you know, that's that's what that's yeah. the only thing I can I can possibly think that why they did it that way. So yeah. it is odd, definitely. We jump back to the Borg cube, and now Tuvok has beamed yeah. aboard per Janeway's request yeah. and information on a pad da 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 that the aliens and their ships are made of the exact same organic material. So this is very important yes. because now we know that we can disable their ship. Their ships and their physical bodies. Like it's all the same thing. Yes. So yes. these nanoprobes yes. the doctors mm-hmm. figured out is going to take care right. of all of it. Yeah. Right. So what happened to Harry is going to happen to their ships and to them if we throw those nanoprobes at them. Right. Yep. So that's, yep. that's what we figure out. Janeway talks about this new info and the need to think about a larger scale uh, delivery system. Mm-hmm. And at that point, Janeway and Tuvok are very forcibly shoved to the ground. Yeah. And all of a sudden, these neurotransceivers are being installed upon them. The Borg are saying, look, your way of communication is, is primitive and inefficient. This is the way we would uh, that we want this to happen. And Janeway's mm-hmm. like, no, 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 no. I would rather communicate verbally. Tuvok is protesting. And Janeway basically plays hardball. Um, and she remains so calm through this entire you know interchange uh between herself and the board collective and by the way she's she's talking to the board collective so there's a number of board that have blocked her that shoved them to the ground and i noticed um a bunch of those faces that was uh, a lot of our stand-ins yes and regular <laughs> extras um i can't yeah. remember exactly who was in that scene sure but, but there were a bunch of familiar faces that was that's fun right. to see so that is right. Um, so then Janeway asked about uh, choosing a, a representative to talk directly yes. to, one single Borg. And then she gives the example of the transformation of uh, Jean-Luc Picard into Lacutus of Borg, mm-hmm. which then really gives the Borg collective pause. They're like, wait a minute, she's making sense. So they agree to Janeway's request. And that is the uh, the appearance, the first appearance of Seven the of Nine. Intro of the intro of Jerry Ryan. Jerry Ryan. Well, her full name is Seven of Nine Tertiary Adjunct of Unimatrix Zero One. That yes. is her full name. <laughs> but of course, we can call her just Seven of Nine. And the shot sequence that he introduced, that Rick Colby, you know, first there's this wide shot with this smoke bursting all around her like a rock star. Yeah. And then yeah. we we cut into this low angle of tubes popping, tubes (laughs) flying, which by the way, was partially real practical tubes. And part of it was some vis effects in there because there were no sparks or anything in real life. They added that after. Yeah. Last shot is this dramatic push into this close up as she's, as she walks at the camera and the camera pushes in after the rock star smoke and the popping tubes and the low (laughs) angles. And she steps up and she says, I speak for the board. Yeah, but to me, I found it funny because I would expect yeah. that Seven of Nine should have been one of the Borg that were surrounding 
Janeway in the beginning. Exactly. That was, you know what I'm saying? But exactly. instead they find, they, they, they show that seven of nine is being, you know, warehoused in this side compartment that yes. opens up and yes. shows her it's like yes. ta-da but oh, you know a, again it's a lot it's, of it's dramatic effect man it's they were exactly what happened hard yes. on this it's, intro this is, this is like which, the 8472 lunging against kess right yeah, this which is for dramatic I get, effect That's i it. get if it was if it was if they were introducing kate mulgrew as a character you know yeah. any new character they would want to land it but i think the the thing here sometimes is it, it feels now that we've done this show for three years coming into the mm -hmm. start of season four, it just feels a little gratuitous isn't the right word, but it feels out of, out of pattern for our show. It's not the same tone of the show that we were, what we're used to. It didn't you know, feel they, like it. It felt like added we were extra. We've added you know, this sort of rock star element that. I, or, that I was going to say a Barnum and Bailey sort of a circus sort of, you know, yeah, presentation, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, rock star, you could say it that way too. By the um, way, like, why did they have to do all that? Because she was napping, you know, <laughs> seven of nine was just, she was in her quiet corner resting not bothering anybody and why did they have to like blow up the smoke and spark the tubes and like they really interrupted a nice nap i think that's me that's all they should have had a little bit of drool coming out you know from yeah, her nap exactly. too okay um so the borg are concurring with the proposal of a large-scale weapon yes. um torpedoes basically encased with nanoprobes is what Janeway is talking about. And then Seven says, you know, those, tor those torpedoes are just inadequate. We suggest a multi-kinetic neutronic mine with a 5 million isoton yield. Tuvok says um, that could basically take out an entire star system. Yeah. And then this is a weapon of mass destruction is what Janeway says. And she, she disagrees. Does. She goes, no way. Tuvok says, you know what? This would take the doctor several weeks to replicate the required amount of 50 trillion nanoprobes to arm this mine. And, you know, Seven's sort of like, well, that's going to be too long. And Janeway says, you know what? If we create the smaller weapons using our torpedoes and we destroy a few of the bioships, this may give them the message that, hey, we have the technology, back off. And so Seven agrees because, you know, time is of the essence. And, and by the way, Janeway's right. Like right yeah. here, she's got a plan that makes sense. Yeah. And for a lot of the rest of this episode, we're going to go off the rails a bit. But this is ultimately what happens. Like, we're going to yeah. create a small weapon. We're going to show them that we got this. We're not mm. going to have any any uh, innocent lives lost with your giant mm -hmm. weapon of mass destruction. You know what else yeah. I noticed here, by the way? The scene is they yeah. start to debate, you know, uh, Seven of Nine and, and Janeway for the first time. So we have one of these um, battles of intellect here. Mm -hmm. um, boy, non-human characters on Star Trek are they're just made for Star Trek. Like when, mm -hmm. when you had seven, you have seven and Tuvok sort of getting into a, a conversation, neither one of them are human characters or the doctor inter, you know, interacting, like these sort of robotic tech, technology, logic-based characters are just the best part, I think of Star Trek in some ways. Like yeah. they just fit so perfectly. And I think seven of nine, was a great character for, for, you know, for the writers to come up with, because as soon as she starts debating logic with the captain, I'm just like, oh yeah, here we go. Like mm. this is Star Trek. It's a basic building block of all Star Trek. It's a basic right? building block. That's yeah. what I'm getting at. Yeah. 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 I agree. 
I agree. Um, I love how when uh, Seven starts spouting out all this information about our 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 you know our weapons uh, and everything, and then someone I think is it two boxes. How do you how did you obtain this information? And her response is, "We are born." And I started, that, yeah, we are. I said, "This is awesome. This is how you should respond to anybody about anything yeah. that you don't want to give a full explanation to. Just say we are Borg, and that's it. And you can <laughs> that's get away you, with anything. That's, right. <laughs> that's all you need to say. Yeah. You know how fast you were going. Uh, we are." Borg and just say that to a cop and see what happens after that, right? We go to sick bay, and I've got to say, um, you know, Cass is having these telepathic visions, and mm -hmm. um, you know, the doctors trying to you know treat her, deal with it. But this was the tightest close up on Jennifer Lean that I've ever seen on our show. I could be mm. wrong, but I was like, it was like into her lips and her eyebrows, and it was in so tight and yeah. Um, that's not the only tight close-up on in this episode. There's there's a yeah, few people that got some really ECU really... extreme close-ups. Yes, yeah. where you're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Yeah. So in this part of our story, clearly these these A four seven two are you know jumping in her mind, and she's having these horrific nightmares or visions or telepathic mm -hmm. moments with these guys. And and yeah, and she can't and, block it out. She can't. They, it's just nope. coming in. Yep, mm -hmm. it's just non-stop uh telepathic visions there are more and more and she's having issues with them we go back to the board cube and uh seven wants janeway's data of these torpedoes and mm -hmm. uh she wants this basically the information about the weapons that voyager has so that they can start inputting those and you know getting getting ready for janeway's plan yeah and janeway um, sort of follows her over to a, a borg station they start talking yes. and Seven says 18 years ago, she, uh, she was assimilated and ceased to be human because Janeway well, says... Well, Janeway starts by saying, you're human, aren't you? That's that's yeah. how that conversation begins. Janeway right? says, you're human. I mean, she can yeah. see it. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting because this becomes a big part, obviously, of, uh, of this episode and of the mm -hmm. series, really. So, you know, starting to get some backstory or yep. at least plant the seeds of backstory for Seven of Nine. I love uh, Seven's reaction don't engage us in irrelevant discourse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say, none of them you can say to someone in public, you don't want to talk to them. Don't engage me in irrelevant discourse, mm -hmm. just to be different. Um, Chakotay then hails to say that the aliens are accessing Kess's memory. And Janeway then realizes, uh-oh, A472 might know what we're up to. So yeah. she says, let's alter course to throw them off. Seven degrees. Uh, and then this, then there's this sort of tete a tete between Janeway and Seven, where they're going back and forth. And Seven's like, "Well, what if I transport 500 drones to your ship? Will you be able to sufficiently offer enough resistance against that?" And so they're just going back and forth. Janeway's like, "Well, we die trying," and so, so there, it's it's a game of chicken between mm -hmm. the two. Everything mm -hmm. is like, "Oh yeah, I'll do this." Well, what are you gonna do then? Well, I'll do this then. And so then, Seven backs off. Not necessary. You, you don't need to die trying. We're not going to do that. We're not going to go down that route. Yeah. But it's just really. By the way, just, by the way, when Chakotay pops up on the, you know, the the call he makes to the board cube, he's on this cool like round view screen monitor that feels kind of retro, and they kind of made it grainy. And I don't know. I thought it was. Was super, it kind of Captain Protony? It was a little Captain <laughs> Protony. Yeah. I knew it. I thought it was kind of cool. I yes. I, I, I like. That I, I liked it too. Yeah, it yeah. was cool. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, now we jump back to the bridge, and lo and behold, Harry Here reports we... back to duty. Here we go. You're the first one to go. Welcome back. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Torres is at my station. I relieve her of uh, of uh, duty from that station, and that's when the she biggest says, "Smile we've ever yes, seen on yes. Star Trek." So happy. So you've happy. still got a yes. Yeah. You've still got a tender up your nose, which I I think I reacted very well to that. That was a good reaction. It was very funny. Yeah. It was, it was a funny adorable. bit. You know. Yeah. It was good. It was very um, funny. I'm happy with that. No do-over yeah. for that scene. For no, me. that was perfect. Yeah. Um, Tom Paris now picks up gravimetric distortions. By the way. It's a singularity. Yeah. By the way, when you first come in and you say, um, reporting for duty, and you, you ask Chakotay, did I miss much? And he goes, no, not much. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's cute. It's funny. But yeah. actually, he missed a lot. And if you guys don't want to die, Chicote, maybe you should fill him in a little bit. Like, <laughs> really? You're going to, no, not much. Oh, okay. Like, how do you know any? I mean, I guess there's computers that are going to. Yeah, know, I think you. I know everything. I think, I think that's more tongue in cheek from Kim to say that to begin with. Like, hey, did I miss much? Because he knew that yeah. he has missed a lot, right? But he's filled in, I'm sure. He's, 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 he has his padida that he's studied. Right? So he knows. He knows. Okay. Yes. So you pick up gravimetric distortions, a singularity opens up, and now we're under attack. And this bio ship severely damages Voyager. And it's about to take one more shot, but then the cube maneuvers to the point where it blocks Yeah, the Voyager. cube sort of starts yeah. to, as, as, as Voyager comes around the front for some cover of the board cube, yeah. the yeah. alien ship is coming around the side of the cube and the cube just spins and the... Yeah. And the alien ship and crashes, crashes into, into, the, it. Mm -hmm. into the board cube and the board cube explodes and is destroyed. Both are I destroyed. thought that was a cool, yeah. that was a cool idea. It was well done yeah. by VizFX. I thought yeah, it was it super good. cool. It looked, it looked really, really good. good. Um, Tuvok, then we hear Tuvok reporting in that he is in car cargo bay two with yep. the captain and a number of Borg in need of assistance. And Seven says that, um, uh, excuse me, I'm jumping ahead, in need of assistance. And then Chakotay goes down there and essentially finds both uh, an unconscious Janeway and even Tuvok is down on the ground, yep. kind of out of it. Um, Seven shows up and says that, hey, we're here with your captain's consent. We have an alliance, do we not? Dun, dun, dun. And, and they've kind of assimilated cargo bay already. Like already, yeah. There's, you know, board pods and... Yeah, and and uh, yeah, all kinds of. Or stuff did they in beam there. that in? Did they beam that in with them? So maybe they. You know beamed what I'm saying? It, I think yeah. that was beamed in. I don't think they had enough time to really, you know, set up shop that quickly. Right? But it was. Just, it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of equipment. Um. So Seven was thinking ahead. She was like, "Okay, this is the emergency beam yep. out procedure, and we're going to take this much stuff. Take we need our regen regeneration podules, you know, and everything. We yeah. need all that stuff. We need a chunk of the of the cube to come with us. We jump to sick bay, and um, we talk about how, uh, for now, they are contained, meaning the Borg. They've assimilated cargo bay two and are now drawing energy from secondary power couplings. Kess says that Tuvok is ready to return to duty. Tuvok asks Kess if she's all right, and she quickly says she's all right, and that the visions have stopped for now. But the way she said that and delivered that line, to me, it was awkward. It was subconsciously her impending departure from the show was yeah, affecting her acting. She didn't look acting. at a single, she didn't look at an, didn't look anybody. Actor. She no. was looking at the pad the whole time. Yeah. I yeah. agree. She seemed yeah. very introverted. Yeah. The actress 
Yes, it wasn't that, the character. That was, was Jennifer Lean, and that was not Kess. So that yes. was Jennifer Lean being Jennifer Lean, and I not Jennifer so. Lean acting as Kess. So you 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 detected that as well, right? Yeah. 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 And it's sad to see that. I mean, I just, that just broke my heart, to be honest. Yeah. Um, now uh, the captain is is in an induced coma, and she may never regain consciousness again if the doctor cannot repair the damage. And then uh, the captain talks to Chakotay and her final speech is get this crew home. All I can say is my note is this, this choice of voice that, that Janeway or Kate decided yeah. to use yeah. reminded me of that episode where you made fun of her speech. Remember when she was like, I bad, that one episode <laughs> where she didn't make any sense. This was twisted oh, yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Where she's like, ah, and you were imitating her. She's doing the same thing here. And I, and I kept thinking <sighs> she should have just whispered. She should have been like, Jacote, get the crow. Home. But instead she's like, Jacote, get the crow. Home. It just said, it was like, oh. it was a little awkward. I know what she was trying to she was trying to do. Yes, but um, it didn't read that well. Yeah. I feel it was a little yeah. bit awkward, and this yeah. is one of my you know one of my criticisms of this episode was that particular scene right yeah. there yeah. that bothered me. I think that when she this moment with uh, Chakotay, I definitely felt like she you know she puts her hand up on his chest and they sort of are they're holding hands. I felt like this was another you know, J.C. Schiffer moment of, of there's something there, like they're, mm. bo they're both playing it, you know, th that they have a relationship, uh, intimate, you know, more than friendship, but, yes. uh, but it's funny how they play it, but it just never gets dealt with very well yeah. in yep. the writing. Anyway, Agreed. we go to Cargo Bay. Cargo Bay 2. Creepy walk through the dr drone bays. Yeah. And then seven steps out. And she says that um, uh, because their ship is destroyed now, that they it requires a change in their agreement. And yeah. Uh, well, first she asked for the captain, and Chicote's like, yeah. well, sorry, you're dealing with me now. She's she's incapacitated, right? Yeah. Um, and she says, Well, we gotta turn around, we gotta meet with the nearest board cube. And mm -hmm. Chicote's like, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. So now this is really Chicote disobeying Janeway's orders, which is we need to cooperate with the Borg, right? Yeah. So this is a turning point right here. Um, we do jump to the briefing room where Chicote says that he's going to end the, this alliance. By the way, by the way, back back to Chicote and Seven for a minute. Okay, At the go very ahead. end of the scene, the very end of the scene, you know, Chicote is like, no, absolutely not. We're not going back. And then I think she says something like, think quickly or something like that. Yeah, you right. Better think of something, think quickly. Mm -hmm. And she mm -hmm. turns and she walks away from the camera towards a wall. Like it's, <laughs> it's all, there's a, there's the, the, the drone regeneration pods. And then there's a wall at the end and she's just walking towards the wall. And I was like, where is she going? Like that's a dead end. And she just stepped off a regeneration pod. Like there's nowhere, like either get back in your pod or go the other way. You're just walking at a wall. Anyway, I thought that was funny. I mean, maybe there, maybe there was an exit door down there. I don't know where she was going, but she seemed like I'm going away somewhere important, but there's a dead end. It was so funny. Yeah. So that that's definitely very, very funny. Um, so now we are, she's walking in the wall. So then we jump to the briefing room and Chakotay says he's going to end this alliance and drop off the Borg at the nearest uninhabited planet and then give them the nanoprobes and take off. So we're going to be on our own. Um, so we we now see a scene in Janeway's ready room where Chakotay is now telling Seven of his plan. 
and so seven seven's is, like we didn't think this she's like, would last yeah. like she's like collective. we knew that humans yeah and yeah. she goes through all the fallacies of of what it is to be a human erratic conflicted disorganized every decision debated every action questioned every individual entitled to their own small opinion you lack harmony cohesion greatness and it will be your undoing so this was sort of the dressing down of humanity yeah. by yeah. the borg right so yeah chicote doesn't um, have an answer for this no, he's um, like, um, hmm. Yeah. Because the entire time he's thinking in his mind, Scorpion, the score, the story of the Scorpion, right? And mm -hmm. and the whole like, you know, what's the nature of the Scorpion? It's always going to bite whoever it is it's dealing with. So mm -hmm. he's always thinking that and he has nothing to say to that. You're right. We jump to sickbay. Chakotay mm -hmm. is, is talking to an unconscious Janeway. An unconscious saying, and unclothed Janeway. Yeah. She has no clothes. <laughs> she's got a little blanket over her, but clearly she's naked. Clearly, she's in the naked expanse, is what she's, she's in doing. the naked expanse. Yes, she is. You know, when she's naked and Chicote sings things like, You're more than just my captain, you're my friend. Yes. <laughs> What's going What? What, I don't the, know. what kind of confusion are the writers sowing here? It's very confusing. they like to torch they like to torture all the jc yes. the jc shippers this yes, is part of the <laughs> the routine we know this yeah. now um yeah. and he says you know i'm sorry i'm going against your orders and i hope you're under you will understand this and yeah. it it you know we end on a nice shot it's that sort of you know distant shot of the of, of Chicote yeah, it's funny over we don't we don't usually do those kind of special wide shots that are just no pretty tableaus you know we usually yeah. don't do yeah that. but no i did notice that it was and it was well lit and it was yeah. very poignant yep I, I i like that a lot so then we we, we go out to space to... we go out to space oh. for a minute and we see Do the we? cubes board cubes being attacked by a472 oh yes fighting a472 yes. is kicking ass yeah. and and the cubes are blowing up left and right we hear the collective saying something here like four million borg have been eliminated that's a well, lot. yes, and it's four point four million six hundred and twenty-one. Is yeah, what they said. Go. They're so precise, right? Yes, it's they're hilarious. very precise. Not, not just four million. There's another six hundred and twenty-one above the four million. So yeah. four million six hundred and twenty-one Borg eliminated. eliminated. Eight planets, eight Borg planets completely destroyed. Planets, yeah. not just part of a planet, yeah. the whole planet. Three hundred and twelve vessels disabled, um, and that they must seize control of the Alpha Quadrant vessel. I love how they don't even call us Starfleet; they call us the Alpha Quadrant vessel, yeah. and take it into the alien realm. So these are the commands, and Seven's like, "Yep, copy that. Um, ready to go." We then are on the bridge, and we're about to beam. Uh, where Chakotay is about to beam the Borg off the ship uh, to the uninhabited planet, and Harry detects these power fluctuations in the deflector array. And basically, the Borg are trying to realign the emitters, and we cannot shut them out. And all of a sudden, a singularity is being created. Chakotay then starts saying to, uh, he, he announces to the Borg, guess what? If you keep doing this, if you don't stop, I'm going to depressurize that deck that you yeah. are on and blow you out into space. They don't respond. So Chakotay does so it. Does and it. I, you know, I love Chakotay like this. Chakotay is so, there's no, there's no splits. Everything is made in a split second, every decision. He doesn't really sit there and, and think about it for too long. He's like, bam, yeah. bam, 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 throw them into space. And they're all getting sucked out except for seven. When we see that shot um, of the side of the ship and they decompress that deck and yeah. the, the little Borg are flying and getting sucked out into right. space. It was a very cool effect. And yeah. I think that this was CGI. I think these little digital 
board. We're CG. Um, we're CG because mm -hmm. I do remember directing on Voyager and using in the later seasons and, and they were starting to introduce the option of having tiny CG oh. characters. And okay. this was the very beginnings of that. So I think it was the early CG, like, you know, mini people bodies that, that they All used right. here. But you could see them sort of getting sucked out and moving around. I thought it was very cool. But we yeah. cut inside the Jeffries tube and Seven of Nine is holding on tight. She's not going to yeah. get sucked out. <laughs> and uh, the singularity ends up pulling Voyager into, into the singularity. And we're not in right. space anymore. We're in no. some kind we of fluid, liquid. Yeah. We, liquid thing. Yeah, Taurus is the one that detects it. So we've crossed a, an interdimensional rift. Taurus says the entire region is filled with some kind of organic fluid. It's not space, it's matter, which yeah. really, that concept is crazy to think about that, right? That you're, an you're in a place where everything is organic and fluid. And it's just, what? That's, I mean, that's not, other than the ocean, that's something that we're not really, as you know, mm -hmm. land-based beings, we don't really understand that concept, mm -hmm. right? Um, so now Seven tells Chakotay that we are in 8472's domain and that he should meet her in Cargo Bay 2. Chakotay complies and Chakotay discovers that basically the Borg have started this war. He keeps pushing Seven for answers and he realizes Hey, this is you guys. You guys you attacked did this. them. First. You attacked them first. Yeah. You were the, the you know, and you yeah. were trying to assimilate them. She yeah. admits it. She says, "Yes, yeah. we we, they, we did want to assimilate." Them. Right, because of how amazing they were. They were like, yeah. "Like, oh my god, we could really use these guys." Right. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, the Borg started this war, and now they're getting beaten, and yeah, uh, yeah and yeah, they yeah. need their help. We go to sick bay, and the doctor is very pleased with himself. Two for yeah. two, he says. Well, I see it's a Jim and now the captain. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> because, uh, but he knows that Janeway is mad. You see her pacing around yeah. back there in Chicago. Well, before she's pacing, though, when you first see the establishing shot of yeah. Janeway, she's got her one hand on the hip, the other hand on a pad, a pad yeah. and she's looking over her shoulder like she looks like a model for a, a Sears catalog or something. <laughs> I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? It was a very interesting staging of that very beginning shot for me. Interesting. Um, yes, and she's upset, and she and she basically tells the doctor, "I need privacy," and he's. He's very comedic in this stuff. I mean, it's almost like he's not even a, a program anymore. He's very human. Like this episode was sort of like the doctor's human sitcom experience for me. You know, it's like, oh, okay. So Janeway is upset that Chakotay has gone against her orders. Chakotay tells Janeway that the Borg lied and that they started the war. And Chakotay wants to try and duplicate the deflector protocols so they can open another singularity and get out of fluidic mm -hmm. space. And Janeway says, no, we need to fight the aliens with the full cooperation of the Borg right here, right now. And Chakotay says that he was linked with the Borg and he knows that what they're dealing with. And then we've just got to get rid of this last Borg that's on our ship and take our chances mm -hmm. on our own. And Janeway says that, you know what? She and Chakotay just need to stop fighting each other. We need to stop it right now. Get beyond this. Yeah, it's funny though. I, I found this scene a little troublesome. Like mm. it, it felt like they went into the scene already knowing they were gonna fight. Like there was no discovery of information. It's like uh. Janeway already knew. I feel like it, this could have been a better scene if Janeway didn't know any of this and Chakotay came in and she asked him and then discovered, wait a minute, what? Wait, you did what? Yeah. And then the fight could happen. 
yeah. you know, the argument. Yeah. I just felt like there was a bigger shape to this that it was sort of boiled down to, okay, Janeway's ready and Chakotay's ready and we're just going to have them dive right into a fight. And especially after the last scene where he's like, you're more than just my captain. You're my friend. <laughs> like, how yeah. can you go from that to yeah. like diving okay. in without, yeah. without, you know, Hey, I got to tell you something. And I yeah. think you might, I know there, you well, and I know you may be upset. And I don't know. That feels like there could have been a different shape to this scene. There definitely could have been a more organic flow yeah. to get to where they were going to get yeah, to at the end like of the scene. Just, yeah. They just jumped right into this thing. Jumped Both, ahead a little bit. Yeah. Skip, all, skip some steps. Agreed. Agreed. So now we jump to the bridge and we yeah. find out that Janeway has relieved Chakotay of duty and confined him to the brig. And yeah. I was like, what? That's what I but mean. of course, we figure out later that this oh, is yes, a bit of part of, of the ruse, plan. Right. Part of the plan. Right. And Janeway tells everybody on the bridge of her plan of engaging the enemy here and now. And this yeah. all these modifications and preparations for this battle have to take place within two hours, which is when yeah. the suspected uh, uh, bioships are going to arrive. So we have a time jump. We're still on the bridge. A couple hours later, the Borg modifications are complete, and now they're online. Four bioships appear. Kess gets this message from 8472. By the way, when uh, we're, we're on the bridge in these scenes, this is the first time that Jerry Ryan and the character of Seven of Nine was on the bridge. She's in her Correct. book. But the very first time we ever had her on the bridge, I'm trying to remember what that was. I, I remember generally a bunch of moments on the bridge in that first episode where we were doing uh you know uh, costume tests for and makeup tests for the mm -hmm. other look the yeah. after she has the dermal regenerative suit on i remember her being in the borg look on the bridge i do remember that i remember tension and you know i remember brannon and rick colt or i mean uh um, rick berman coming down and everybody a lot of attention yeah but one thing i'll say is on the bridge the Borg makeup and costumes, to me, look really great in their set. The black set with the dark lights and the green mm -hmm. you know, glow and stuff. But when Seven of Nine came on the bridge, she did look like she needed a tan. Like, it just, it looks like makeup <laughs> to me. It looked much more like, it's not as scary and intimidating when you put them under the fluorescent lights of the bridge, you know? It, it, yeah. it kind of, mm. I'm glad that we made a change that seven of nine didn't stay in that Borg look all the time because she would have, it would have looked bad on our show, like with the fluorescent well, lights. It just doesn't look good. It's not a great no, look. No, and I'm sure Jerry Ryan was happy not, about not having oh, to be yeah. in that Borg costume oh, yeah. because if you look at these scenes where she's on the bridge, she is sweating, profusely sweating. I mean, her skin, and I remember that day when she was on the bridge that the makeup department was just flitting around her yeah. nonstop to keep that, you know, keep some powder on there to keep some of that sweat off. But still, yeah. you couldn't you couldn't maintain that. There's definitely some shots, some close-ups where it looks like someone just threw a whole bunch of vegetable oil on her face. Like wow. she's glistening. You know what I'm yeah. saying? She's really sweaty. Yeah, that the makeup suit didn't look great on hot. the bridge. It didn't no. look great. I got I just wanted to bring that up. It was like... Yeah. And it's no, not that anyone did a bad job. It's just, it's not made for that environment. It's made right. for the dark set with the dark lights yeah. and shadows. Yeah. And, you yeah. Know, it looks, those-, those Which also hides right. imperfections too, yeah. right? I mean, that's yeah. that's the one thing about having that dark Borg uh, cube set is that you can hide imperfections and whatnot. Yeah. But on a very well-lit bridge, nope, none of that's being hidden. So you see yeah. everything. Um, so Kess gets this message from 8472. Kess is in Chakotay's chair, by the way. She is there. She's just, I noticed that. Like, 
She's just sitting I, it's, there. There's no explanation. It's no. Like, why? Why is she there? Right. No. It's almost like they happen? were. Yeah. It's almost like they were like, yeah, we know that we've written you off the show pretty much, so we'll let you sit at least in the commander's chair. You know, it's your last sort of going away present. Yeah. You know, here's your box of rice aroni. You know, here we go. Yeah. You know, this is your parting gift. No one even says why she's there, but she's there. But yeah. she's now getting this message that we've contaminated the realm of 8472, that uh, 8472 feels that our galaxy is impure and that our galaxy needs to be purged. And now this begins the whole Paris and Kim yelling. Exactly. <laughs> we we end we, up getting it. We get attacked. attacked right. And, and the ship, it looks cool the way that the camera sort of tilted and then people went flying on yeah. the floor and and, yeah, but we're yelling like Tuvok's yes. the only one who's not screaming. He's not yelling. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was well. First, I heard myself yell. I'm like, "Ooh, that is loud!" It's and too then much. you spoke. I yelled then you louder. spoke. I go, "Man, he's <laughs> he's screaming at the top of his lungs." We must have been it's told like, to yell. I mean, I can't imagine. I, like, I don't know. That was just so awkward, though. I was like, "Wow, yeah. this isn't." Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it is what it is. We fire the four torpedoes at the four bio ships. No immediate. Uh, um, no, it looks like they didn't no, work. And it, they it didn't do anything. Yeah. Right at us. And then no, all no of effect. a sudden, yeah. just before they're about to like power weapons and take us yeah. out, they yeah. turn sort of green and then black they and then boom, boom, they, just they blow separate. up. Yeah, yeah. They just, they're done. They're done. And this uh, is this is where seven of nine goes. Um, I'm gonna, you know, she goes to take care of something in the back row. Well, no, no. What, uh, let me just tell you what. This is what happened. Janeway says, "Tell seven, okay, open a singularity and get That's us out of this is. fluidic space." And so when she walks over there, she pushes this Starfleet she personnel bumps out her of the way. But it's like it's she she hip checks her. Was it a hip check? It I thought it was a, a hand a hand swipe. No, was it a hand swipe? No, because the camera goes down to the the background, the extras butt. And yeah. you see Seven's butt step in and bump right. her. Right. And then it tilts up to her back right. and she's doing the thing. Ah. It was and a butt it... shot. It was okay. a gratuitous okay. board butt shot. Okay. Well, then That's it calls cuts to Janeway. BBS. Gratuitous <laughs> board butt shot. A, would that be a gibibibis? A gibibibis. A gibibibis. So then that's when Janeway cuts to Janeway and Janeway gives this look of just like death. Do you see that? But but at this point, Janeway does not trust Seven. Yeah. And no. for good reason. We'll see. Yes. And, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does not and trust I, her. I, keeping an eye on her. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was more because Janeway saw her shove um, the, the crew member out of the way and she was Maybe. like thinking you don't treat my crew like that and that's where the look of death was coming from but Maybe. you know who knows um so we we are now getting out of fluidic space but a whole bunch of bio ships follow us more bio ships right mm -hmm. and so now uh this is where we see jerry ryan is sweating a lot seven of nine and yes. we use this larger dispersal weapon um and the for the remaining the remaining it's the high uh, yield war uh, warhead high yield war yeah warhead which knocks out 12 bio ships yeah and then now uh seven gets this report from the collective that all the remaining bio ships in um our part of the galaxy is is now returned this to part of the delta quadrant have now returned their realm because they've realized you know that this is not something that we want to deal with the borg yes. have won yeah right yeah the borg and starfleet and janeway's plan the one she said way back when that plan yeah uh you know we don't have to do a, a weapon of mass destruction let's just show them with a few torpedoes that that we've yeah. got this and they'll and they'll turn around they do they turn yeah. around and they head back to their realm yeah and so uh a472 has retreated yep. and we are, right. we should be good now Right. 
but then Seven terminates the alliance. This is where yeah, she's Janeway like, Janeway says, done. now it's your yeah. turn. Janeway turns yeah. to her and said, there you go. Now it's your turn. Get us through Borg space safely. And Seven goes, nope, this deal is terminated. This deal is yeah. done. You will be assimilated to serve right. us. Right. And she walks down to Paris. <laughs> Paris I, pulls his phaser. Pulls his phaser, he shoots, nothing. And then I start hitting some buttons, like, oh, maybe you turn it, turn the power up a little bit. <laughs> And she just shoves you out of the way. She out shoves of the way. me like down. You're, like you're a five-year-old girl. It's just, just like, get out of the way. And you make a sound. What's that sound that you made? I don't you know. You went <laughs> like that. Maybe you were saying, pad -da -da -da. I don't know Maybe. what it was, but it, it I wish yeah. I was a little more heroic in that moment. I mean, I'm, I wanted I'm you like to be fumbling more heroic. With my, I'm fumbling I, with my thing. And then she just shoves me down and I drop like a little tree. A tree I was disappointed. I was so disappointed. I was like, this is almost like how Kaplan died. Remember when, or no, no, not yes. Kaplan. It was Le no, Levy, it was Levy or whatever. When yeah. she's like, she does that little snaky dot, you yeah. know, that ensign that kind of falls over in the uh, it was bad. prior I'm episode. I'm sure that they told me like, you know, I don't know. I, I was, I'm sure I was trying to help them out, you know, by yeah. not moving on the mark so that she yes. could knock me over in the, and they could put a stunt pad on the ground to fall. And I probably <laughs> trusted that it would look okay because it I, I, it didn't make it did any not sense, look okay. But it didn't look okay. No, I agree with you. Let's move uh, beyond my, no, my lack I was of heroism. Yeah, oh, let's move beyond that. And, and let, then, me, let me correct myself. It was Ensign Lang in the prior episode yes. when the aliens that were like, oh, displaced? Was that what it was? When we were Maybe. swapped out with each alien over and over again? Yeah, and then, was, yeah, she's on the bridge. Lang, and she kind of yeah. does that. that yeah she had the worst okay. um you know death had the worst with starfleet death, death until yeah. paris gets knocked over by seven but that wasn't and a death that's just a shove no, out of the it's way a shove right it was pathetic it was we didn't you but isn't but it was similar to when you shoved chakotay remember that one episode oh yeah and he, he fell down pretty pathetically kind of down pathetic yeah maybe that's so, like a classic we, Starf <laughs> starfleet move is like that is sometimes you just got to take a starfleet shove yes. fall Yes, and it's the pathetic Starfleet fall is what, yes. it, what it is. So Chakotay had to do it, and now Paris has to do it. It's a PSF. <laughs> pathetic, pathetic Starfleet fall. Starfleet fall. A pisf. Is a it a pisf? pisf? That's pisf. exactly what it's, it looks like. It looks like a pisf. <laughs> okay, so okay. now she's trying to access home control. And Janeway says, um, bridge to Chakotay, Scorpion. Scorpion. And clearly... There is a predetermined plan, a secret oh, plan, yes. code word Scorpion. Now, Chakotay has this neural link that is attached to his neck. He's over there in Cargo Bay 2, and he starts yeah. speaking to Seven because he's now collect. He's now part of the he's, collective. He's, he's connected linked, to the right? collective. Yeah. And the doctor's yeah. And down he's there. he's distracting her. Yep. Yep. Torres is down there working on, you know, different mm -hmm. things. And we realize they're just buying time that she can program an overload into this link. So a power surge goes into um, and short circuits all the neural links, right? That's, so that's what they're trying yeah, to do. That's but, what they're trying to do. But Chakotay says, I can see. I can see your past. I can see your past. Mm -hmm. And he sees that she was human. He sees her mm -hmm. memories. And by the way, the little girl on the grass and then the mom and dad with the little girl, um, Annika. Was Annika her, Hansen? Yeah, was her human name? Mm -hmm. I think that grass was out uh, right down the alley from our stage. There was the Paramount oh. Theater, and there was grass there. Yeah, I think that was Is that real, the one? Real yeah. outdoors. I don't think that that was um, on stage. I don't think they right. put up a tree and a, you know grass and everything. I think it was right down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, feel like the I remember place. when they did that because because. Uh, 
I remember the family being in hair and makeup and it was like they splintered off a camera to go shoot. Like it wasn't part of our main unit that they yeah. did that. Yeah. So it was uh, it was a little extra unit that went down mm -hmm. and shot the uh, the running around stuff. Yeah. So the overload, the power surge goes through the uh, link from seven of nine to the collective is severed. It's just gone and um, mm -hmm. seven sort of collapses and falls over. She's then sent to sick bay. And now we go to Da Vinci's workspace. It's late at night, no Da Vinci, just mm -hmm. kind of Janeway's there and Chicote shows up. writing and, yep. and she says, you know, Chicote shows up and she's just trying to calm down and, and relax. She says, I, she just needed to get away from technology and work mm -hmm. stuff, you know? Yeah. And uh, Chicote says something about the power couplings on decade are working better with the Borg technology. And so Jamie says, says, keep it. Leave it. Yeah. Leave it. Leave Let's it. leave it. I like that. Yeah. Which is uh, and he apologizes, yeah. right? He yeah. apologized for disobeying orders. And, mm -hmm. you know, she says she respects his decision, even though she disagrees with it. But in the end, all that matters is that we got through this together. Yeah. And they right? have that conversation, Janeway is standing in front of a fire, a big yes. fireplace. And I love the crackling log fire sounds, but mm. I know that there were no real logs. That's, that's ceramic cement logs with a propane gas. Like we never have, you know, fire and things like that on the soundstage is very tricky. You got to be very careful. So it's all, mm -hmm. it's all fake, but the, the, um, the fire sounds, you know, the crackling logs were really cool. And so yeah. I just wanted to point that out to people that there's no, you know, it, it sounded, you could feel the warmth of that fire and hear the sounds of it as you watch the episode, but it was really just cement logs with propane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, was, it was like a gas grill. That's all that's there. That's right. Uh, yeah, that funny. is right. Um, we end the episode in sick bay with a shot, uh, a, a, a shot on seven which just reminded me of, you know, all I could think of was like Frankenstein on <laughs> being being built by yeah. the evil doctor kind of, you know, lying on this bio bed. And that's the end of the show. That is the end. I gotta right? say, and the music in that last scene was a reminder to me, this whole episode, the music, I think the, the, the score was a step up from our typical scores. It was a little just extra dramatic and cinematic and uh, I thought the yeah. music was really good so yeah what's your theme what's your lesson my theme my lesson is um wh what I wrote down is that our unique human differences can help if we respect each other and we prioritize working together so ultimately yeah. it was kind of the Chukote Janeway lesson of like sure seven was right that there's humans can be chaotic and and uh, unpredictable and all that. But if we use those truly human qualities together, if we're committed yeah. to coming together to find solutions that that'll bring, that actually helps us. You know, yeah. Those differences actually are an asset. Yeah, I agree. I agree hundred um, percent. I, I think the theme, the lesson is in that last conversation in Da Vinci's workspace with Chakotay yeah. and Janeway. And that, you know, you, you need to respect as human beings, we need to respect each other, even though we may not agree with each other about something. But as long as we work together, we can get through anything. Yeah. That's the key, right? Yeah. Um, collaboration is key. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. We Excellente. did it. Excellent. Yes. That was 
was fun. Okay, so next week, everybody, join us when Robbie and I will be reviewing the episode The Gift, season four, episode two, The Gift. Thank you so much. See you next week, guys.